at the end of the day, it just kind of boiled down to, do we believe, do we trust that there's a good enough opportunity and that we're going to be able to roll up our sleeves and actually get to work and, and make it happen? Can we push it through to fruition? And thankfully, everything lined up really well for us and we're, we're really grateful for that. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. If this is your first time joining us, this is the show where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn the stories of their challenges and successes. I believe if we get to know our neighbors better, it makes our community better. And today we get to know John Seal of Review Lift and Volare Interactive. John, welcome. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. We're, we're interested to learn about what is Review Lift and Volare. Tell us. Yeah, so Volare Interactive is a full service digital marketing agency. Uh, think of you know the old ad agencies where they would deal with you know, newspaper, radio, et cetera. Well, in today's day and age, we deal with Google, Bing, YouTube, et cetera. And so we help websites get more exposure uh, by doing search engine optimization, pay-per-click advertising, social media, video creation. I mean, we could I could bore the users to tears with all the things <laughs> we do, uh, but basically we, we help you get more exposure for your online presence. And then review lift on the, on the flip side of that is we understand that today reviews because of Google, because of Amazon, eBay, you name it, reviews are so important today. That's becoming the new word of mouth. But the problem is, is only 1% of the US population actively leaves reviews. And so we help businesses take ownership and take control of those conversations by helping them generate more positive online reviews. So did you start one over the other? Did Valer end yeah. up leading you to Review Lift? Yeah, Valer did. So what the, the quick story there is I, I worked for a, a real estate investment company right out of college. Um, and after that real estate investment company, I, I learned that I wanted really to go deeper into marketing. And so I got a job with some advertising agencies um, and I quickly became disenfranchised with that kind of world. It was very money driven. It wasn't actually about doing great work. It was about just getting every ounce of blood out of these, out of a rock, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and so I really got and frustrated for a company, with that. And for a company, marketing can be such a huge part of their budget. Absolutely. Or should be, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was in Salt Lake at a marketing agency, we, we managed six to $10 million in marketing per year. Yeah. And when I saw the amount of resources that the, uh, that, that, that particular advertising agency was putting towards those large accounts, uh, it, it just kind of made me sick. And, uh -huh. and there was, I, I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. Uh, and so ultimately, we, my wife and I decided to take the plunge and start our own. And uh, that's been a little more than four years ago. And it's been fantastic. I wouldn't change it. So is your wife involved in the business here? She's not. Okay. Uh, well, I but say she that. supported you and said, she yeah, okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> she, was, she was the voice of reason on yeah. the phone yeah. uh, it, on, uh, on the, the train ride home. So we lived in Salt Lake when I, made, when I took the plunge. We had been talking about making a transition, starting our own business for a while. And I was finally fed up enough one day that I went in and, and just kind of said, guys, if these kinds of changes can't happen, then I need to make I need to make a change in my career. Change, uh -huh. Yeah, and after several weeks of deliberation, they decided, nope, we're not going to make those kinds of changes, and so I resigned right away. 
So I were you prepared to do that? Was that something necessarily? Yeah. You know, I, I was I was naive. Were you cocky? Yeah, like, yeah, pro I'm, probably gonna... quite a bit cocky. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure that I was still working on that. Uh, but I I remember walking out of the building thinking, ah, oh, this was the right thing to do. I was on cloud nine. And then I jumped on the train to head home and I called my wife and I said, well, I did it. And then it all just kind of hit me like, wait a minute. What, what, what there did went the I income, do? There went the benefits. There went, you know, <laughs> we listed off all these things and we just said, you know what, let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. And yeah, because there's one thing about just dreaming about it and having those conversations, but another when you have to actually execute it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very different world. And so, well, I suspect you got real serious real quick. We did. And we were very blessed. We, we landed some very large accounts. Uh, one of the first ones that we ever brought on was actually Costco. Um, and so we do the marketing for Costco. Uh, we also work with brands like U.S. So Bank. So talk to me, let's reel back this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So were you by yourself? Did you just I do, was. you just said, hey, I can do your marketing by myself? Kind of, I had some connections and that was one of the things that we knew we could lean on is we could lean on some of those connections. And so we started to outreach to businesses large and small and just said, hey, we've uh, either the people that we knew inside those companies or the companies in general, we had rubbed shoulders with them. We had interacted with them in the past. and. Uh, we basically said, look, you know what, what we can do, what I can do, and we can provide a, a lift to what you're currently getting, and there's a smarter way to do marketing. And so we, it, was, it was a pretty easy story for us to tell because a lot of, a lot of companies are frustrated with their marketing agencies. Uh -huh. The results aren't there. It's all talk. There's no substance behind it. There's uh -huh. no accountability. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, it was fairly easy for us to get that first batch of clients where we were able to replace the income. And the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, because that's a pretty big deal yeah. uh, that you, you must have had a talent for this and people saw that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, we, we know what we're doing mm -hmm. and we've, we've been doing this for about 15 years now. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to online advertising, whether it's Google or social media or whatever. But at the end of the day, there is some, each dollar needs to be accountable and we focus on that. If, it, if we can't help a dollar to become accountable, then we're not going to recommend that you spend that dollar. Uh -huh. uh, and so we focus on a, a lot of accountability and making sure that not only are your dollars accountable, but that my team's accountable as well. Mm -hmm. So do you actually build the websites and, and that kind of thing? We do. So we, we build websites for local clients. Uh, we're actually in the middle of a web redesign project for, for a Fortune 500 company where we're advising them on their redesign. Uh, we do the design part of it, and then there's another agency that's actually doing the build on that particular one. But uh -huh. for but local businesses, but you help them design it, so SEO and all of that. And for I think we all know what SEO is, but that's search engine optimization, exactly. right? Uh -huh. So depending on what we have built into our websites, mm -hmm. um, those keywords mm -hmm. help people find us, correct? Yeah, there's about 200 different things that go into the algorithm that Google uses to decide who gets put in the top positions, uh -huh. etc. And that changes, right? It changes. Matter of fact, there's about 300 changes that happen to that algorithm per year. Wow. And that's I, the only thing I could say is that's job security for us. Yeah, right. right. It, uh -huh. it, it changes all the time. Um, the other thing too is because of how important mobile and video are becoming or have become, that's also a top priority for us. The, the experience needs to be mobile first and then desktop second. Mm -hmm. So we specialize in making sure that there's a great mobile experience, that things are very intuitive, very free flowing. Uh, and funny enough, we're actually borrowing from tactics and strategies that were used by newspaper agencies for the last <laughs> of couple of centuries. And <laughs> right. so it's, it's very funny, I think. <laughs> all that things come around. All things come around. And, and I think there's this attitude inside the digital space that, you know, these were the new kids and we've got all these fantastic ideas. But 
I'm a big history buff, and I think that you know most of what we need to know has already been discovered by yeah, brilliant people. From the that, exactly. Mm -hmm. So again, we borrow from a lot of designs and layouts that the newspapers use because that's very mobile centric. Okay. Very storytelling, very waterfallish, and that's what we do. So you aren't an engineer by training. Nope. You are a marketing guy. I am. So you that was your brilliance. You hired engineers to do some of this other back-end stuff. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how the business grew. You said that you were able to replace that income probably because of those connections mm -hmm. that you had. How many do you have on your team now? So we've got a team of about 20. We've got some full-timers, some contractors. We also, one reason that we're here in Rexburg, I'm a transplant. Uh, we were in Lehigh for the last four years, and so we moved on up here, uh, partly because my when? wife's got so roots. just re recently? Uh, just only a year ago, okay. actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, Was uh, the business, has the business only been here a year? You brought everything with you. We brought everything with us. Yeah, because those are silicone, silicone, what do they call them? Yep, silicone yeah. slopes. Yeah, yep. right. I mean, yep. that's the place to be. It is, it is. And it's so the place why to Rexburg? be. I, I'm just a dumb hick at heart. I really am. <laughs> I, I grew up in a really small town. My wife's from a small town. And we loved our experience here at BYUI while uh -huh. we were here as students. And quite frankly, there's no better place in the world to raise a family. Yeah, that's and true. And so we're here. And you probably have, um, for employees, you mm -hmm. have a pool that you can choose from, true? We do, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So one of the things, um, that what brought us up here actually uh, is about three years ago, I started having some conversations with the, uh, the faculty on campus. And one of them, in particular, Kent Lundeen, who I think the world of, mentioned to me that they're starting to teach classes on campus about digital marketing. But there weren't very many groups, organizations, companies here that actually did it. And so they needed uh, opportunities to give to students uh, locally with companies that did this kind of marketing. Yeah. And so we, he asked me point blank, he said, would you ever consider relocating? You mean like for internships? For internships and placement opportunities. Okay. Uh, and so every semester we provide internship experiences and the benefit to, to our organization is we're able to give those the top students were able to give them placement opportunities. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, that's great. So review lifts a little different. They go yeah. kind of hand in hand. Okay, one of the most important things in online marketing, especially for local businesses, is that reputation. What I mean by that is, are you being reviewed on Google? And if so, how you know what kind of reviews are you getting? Right now, if you have less than thirty-two reviews, Google doesn't take you seriously. Um, also, if you have less than 10 reviews in the last six months, you're being penalized by Google. But even more importantly... What does that mean? That you're not shown in the search? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> and so it doesn't... It, what, what, the way that Google looks at it is they say, if let's say, for example, I'm in the, the mechanic business. Uh -huh. and That's a good example. Th there we go. Mm -hmm. So, and my, let's say my company has four times more reviews than you do. I'm going to get the nod from Google. Huh. because the reviews are a way for it. Google at the end of the day is looking for reasons to trust you because if Google if and Google understands this much better than I do if you go to Google and you get bad results three or four times in a row it's not going to take long before you go to Bing or Yahoo or somewhere else for your answers and so Google takes it very seriously that if they're they going to rank you, you absolutely they have to trust you mm -hmm. reviews are very hard to fake Mm -hmm. And so reviews are, are a big, big part of Google's algorithm nowadays. But the, again, that problem is you and I, as just normal Americans, we're not really review happy. We don't place a lot of reviews. And so because they're such an important part to a local business, 
we, we provide a tool to help them generate more reviews. We use texting, email, all that kind of thing to get a message in front of your customers to help generate those positive reviews. Mm -hmm. So it's a win-win. Yeah. It is a win-win, yeah. absolutely. So I can see how those two services complemented each other, probably yep. led you to be like, we've got to get more reviews for these people. And That's what it was. We, we, mm -hmm. we had customers that were coming to us and saying, we need reviews, and there weren't a lot of good options out there, and so we created Review Lift to help those business owners take control of that, of that online reputation. Yeah, mm -hmm. great, 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 great. So when you think about uh, this journey, this that you have been on to create these businesses, did you have... Um, you, you didn't have businesses prior to leaving the marketing agency that you were with. You know, funny enough, I did. Oh, Actually, you did? I, I'm entrepreneurial, and I uh, the real estate investment that I company that I worked for oh, right. right out of college, that entrepreneur had a huge impact on my life. He he was uh, he was very very entrepreneurial, and he recommended even to his employees, hey, everybody ought to have a side business. Everybody should, uh -huh. because you when it's you your can. own dollars, when it's your own reputation on the line you look at things a little differently and that teaches you honestly to be a better employee. Yeah. And so anyway, he encouraged us all to have a, a side gig. And so I, I did some internet marketing for people here and there. And so I, I've had a side business for, I don't know, the last 12 or 13 years. Um, but it wasn't, it was just something that gave you, you know, a little bit of play money or vacation Do you think money. it gave you a little more courage though when you actually had to take the plunge about, I, maybe I can do this? Absolutely, because that that little side business, um, it, it spun up enough money that it was paying our mortgage and paying a couple other things every every month. And yeah, so we knew- gave you a little sense. Yeah, we knew, hey, there's something here. We could do something here. It may hurt for the first year or two, but we'll be all right. Yeah, that's good, mm -hmm. good. Well, I think that, that um, so many of us have side businesses anymore, whether it's direct sales or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity out there. There is, and I, I encourage my employees. I say, look, the things you learned here are great things. You should you should have a little side hustle. And some people look at me and say, why you're you're training your next competition? I'm not overly worried about that. Yeah, I'm, right. I, I think that it's much more valuable for people to learn to be able to go out on their own, do something, kind of stretch a little bit, and I think that that's a positive. Yeah. Well, in executing on what we learn, there those are two huge things. You know, yes. like we can learn a whole lot, but to actually execute on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's great. Great. So when you look back, what do you think was the single greatest struggle you had when getting your business off the ground, and how did you overcome that? The, the biggest struggle was, it, it, it really is just kind of that startup phase of it. It's can we, can we generate enough trust? Can we generate enough um, you know, of a unique selling proposition to help other companies to, to take the plunge and use us? Even though we're brand new and we're very open about that. Uh, especially early on when, when people knew that I was working for other agencies and that I'd made a switch, uh, it, it really was, okay, well, do we trust John more than we trust that other agency? Right, right. At, at, that's at the end of the day, I mean, it's it, the speed of trust, all those books, they're very important, it's very real. Uh, and that was the hardest thing was just winning that trust, winning that business and being able to move on. And so how'd you do it? Just took time? It took time. Uh, it also, there, there was a reputation there. A lot of these companies that we worked with are, uh, had people in them that I'd worked with before or whatnot. And uh, thankfully we'd established enough trust over time and enough performance and accountability that when it came time to ask them to make a transition, they were willing to do that. Yeah. yeah. So I sense probably you're pretty driven. 
I it drives my wife crazy. You know, <laughs> I, I I like to keep things moving. So yes, I'm I'm a pretty driven guy. Yeah, I, and so how have you found balance with that, or are you still struggling with it? I, I still struggle with it. My wife is fantastic about helping me remember that. You know, at the end of the day, the reason that we do anything that we do is we want freedom and flexibility to be able to do the things that we really want to do. And right. so, so for us, we work hard, but we also play hard. And so my, my wife is a huge Disney fan. We head down to Disneyland and uh, make sure that we get some R&R &R with the kiddos as well. Yeah, 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 I think it's interesting. And I know that uh, as a business owner, you definitely have to really invest a lot in order to get your business going. Um, it, it becomes your what, how many children do you have? Four? Five. Yep. Yeah. You, it becomes your sixth child. It does. And so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's a demanding child. <laughs> yes. It is a very demanding child, 24-7, right? Yeah. So during this journey, I mean, it sounds like things worked pretty well for you. Obviously, there were challenges, no mm -hmm. doubt. But did you have any self-doubt when you were doing this, when you were on that train? You're like, what the crap did I just do? Yeah, that, that's what it was. It was that train ride. And, and there were, you know, days where the, the, the train ride, you know, quote unquote train ride happened Repeated again and again. Itself, exactly. Yeah. Uh, where there was a lot of doubt. And there were times where, you know, I'm sitting there on the laptop at, at 1230 at night. And my wife says, are you sure you don't want to, you know, go and work for somebody else? I mean, you know, the, the yeah, dependable the paycheck. Yeah, ends at five. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, it, it really boiled down to, well, what do we want out of, you know, why are, why are we working? Why are we trying to earn money? Yeah, why are we why? trying to do that? Yeah. Um, and for us, it's we want to provide freedom and flexibility to us, to our employees and to our clients. And, and so that's what keeps us driven. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have a belief that kept you from pursuing the venture that you were able to kind of push through um, around self-doubt or anything like that? Yeah. So in, I should have, honestly, looking back at it, I should have taken the plunge a long, long time ago, right? Yeah, isn't right? that the way it, it works? It is the way it works. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's that fear, the fear of the unknown. Um, and I think uh, for me, I was I was very comfortable with, with the risk. Um, however, I'm not the only one in the equation. And so... Uh, it, it, there was a lot of back and forth about what's what's right, what's going to be best for our family, what's going to provide us with the income to achieve the goals that we want. Um, and at the end of the day, it just kind of boiled down to, do we believe, do we trust that there's a good enough opportunity and that we're going to be able to roll up our sleeves and actually get to work and, and make it happen? Can we push it through to fruition? And Thankfully, everything lined up really well for us, and we're, we're really grateful for that. Yeah, do you have any regrets around that decision? I don't. That, well, the, the one regret is I wish we would have done, done it sooner. It sooner. Yep, mm -hmm. I wish we would have done it sooner. Yeah. It's scary. I think a lot of us are held back by those unknowns. We get so comfortable in uh -huh. our world that to really take those risks, um, but then they pay off tenfold. And if you could only see the future, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess yes. part of taking that journey, you yeah, have that's to the, do Maybe it. that's the next business. We'll all create a, customer, a little crystal ball that'll oh, tell us when to do it, right? It would be a big hit, I could nice. tell you. Okay, so along this journey, what's the best advice you've ever received? And what advice would you give others considering self-employment? That's a great question. Uh, the best advice I received was that Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not real patient. I would, uh, you know, and I, I think that that's uh, again that's indicative of our society, right? We want instant gratification. We want things now. Um, and I remember I, I called up that, you know, my my first boss, and I was talking to him about it, about what we're doing, our growth. And he just started laughing. And I, honestly, I was kind of offended. I'm like, why are you laughing at me? This is very important. I am, yes, I am reporting that's, to that's you. That's right. Yeah. And, and he just started laughing. He goes, John, Rome wasn't built in a day. 
He said, look at what you've accomplished. And it was, it was about nine, 10 months into it. You were said, frustrated. I was, I wanted, I wanted better sales coming through. I wanted more movement, more action. I wanted, you know, more. Uh, yeah, just more, right? I yeah. sound kind of greedy here, but um, I just, I wanted to achieve those goals so bad. And when he just started chuckling, I just thought, oh, you jerk, you yeah, know, I know. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> um, but his, his, that advice of Rome wasn't built in a day was very important for me to hear, to be patient. And I'm sure that my, my employees and everybody that I work with was, was grateful for that advice too. Because you it, were just really driving. I was, mm -hmm. I was pushing too hard. Um, and so uh, thankfully, you know, in the, in the years since I've, it's, it's not necessarily taking it easy and not really taking your foot off the pedal, but it's getting that perspective to take a look back. And so one of the things that we try to do is, is we do something called a start, stop, keep, where we'll pull everybody together and we'll say, okay, what should we start doing? What should we stop doing? But also just as important is what should we keep doing? Because sometimes there's, it, we don't take that time to take a step back and look at where we've come. What are the systems we've gotten in place? What are the processes? What are the wins that we've had for clients? All of those kinds of things. If we don't take that, that time to look back, then we're not gonna realize how far we've come. And then the frustrations of why aren't we a little further than we are, or they're, they're insurmountable at that point. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about looking back to go forward and learning from that, not getting stuck in the past, but learning from it. And Absolutely. Repeating the things that are good. Uh -huh. So, um, did you just learn this going along? Have you had, has this mentor been the one that's kind of taught you how to do business? Because there's a difference between running a business, knowing your marketing and knowing what you do, mm -hmm. and then also running a business. So what helped you bridge that gap? Um, I, I think that definitely the mentor was a big, big part of that. I, I saw, I worked for him for seven years and I saw uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. And he was very open about, uh, about everything. And so seeing, seeing how he structured things. Uh, he also had fantastic advice about, you know, books to read, um, systems to put in place, et cetera. Those kinds of things are very, very important. Um, there was one book that I, uh, kind of on that note, one book that I read called The Slightest Edge, and I don't, the, the author escapes me right now. But uh, that book was interesting to me because it, and I read it right when we were starting the business. And in that book, the, the main concept there is we, we become whatever we spend our time doing. And so he gives this, the author gives this example of a, one time he's in an airport, he's got a little bit of time and so he stops to get his shoes shined. And the lady shining the shoes is incredibly articulate, very well-spoken, very engaging. And he's looking at this like, I could, in a week, I could give that lady a sales job and she'd yeah, be come making work for six me. figures. Yeah. And he's kind of, it's bothering him while he's shining his shoes. And as he walks away, from having his shoes shined, he looks back at the lady and he sees that she sits down and picks up, I, I think it was something like a romance novel or something. And he thought, you know what, that perhaps that is the difference because she decides once she's done doing her work, she's just going to check out yeah. and take a yeah, break. Yeah. And his thought was, if we could all spend 15 minutes becoming a little bit better every day, that's gonna be the big difference. And so we, the way that we institute that here, especially in digital marketing, where things change so fast, it's a requirement that everybody here on staff has to spend 20 minutes per day reading something. It doesn't necessarily have to be digital marketing, but it has to be something that's going to teach you. It's gonna to have to be something that moves you. And in our staff meetings, we go around the table and we talk about what we read and what we would do differently. But it's that, that concept of 
constant improvement, just spending the 20 minutes a day to, you know, quote unquote, sharpen the saw, whatever you, however you want to phrase it or call it, that's, that is one of our core values. We have to be constantly improving. Otherwise, we just get passed up. Yeah, I think so many of us, um, I know in my own education, so I'm educated as a nurse, and I, yeah, I coasted for a long time. I did my work, mm -hmm. and then I, you know, there wasn't things that I did to improve myself sure. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, now, now I'm addicted. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's, that's good. That's one of the things that we look for when we're looking to hire is yeah. it's not necessarily what do you know right now, but what, what are, are your you aptitudes? To? Are you hungry? Are you mm -hmm. passionate about this? If so, great. We can teach you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. So do you have a partner in this business or is it you? I don't. Okay. I don't have any partners. And that's, there's, it, it, honestly, that's bittersweet. Um, I've talked to some people that have said, you're crazy. You need somebody else to shoulder the load. And then I've heard the horror stories of partnerships going bad. And, yeah. Um, for better or worse, it's this on my shoulders and yeah. I, right now I'm enjoying the ride. So what do you think, what do you see as the vision? Like where does this go? That's a great question. And our vision is we want to be able to provide very, very solid marketing for local businesses. Um, my, my passion is the local business. You asked kind of how, how we started or how, how this originally kind of came about. And yes, there's the, the train story of oh, oh crud, you know, we're sink or swim. We, we just made a decision here. But before that, when we very first started doing marketing on the side for other people, the way that that happened is a, a buddy of mine um, came to me one night and he knocked on the door at 11 o'clock at night. And you, you get a knock on the door at 11 at night and you think it's the cops or yeah, something. Right. So yeah, I, I came running to the door and there's my buddy sitting there and he's, and he says, Hey, I, I heard you do Google. Uh, and that's how he said, I heard you do Google. <laughs> can you, can you help me? Because I'm, I'm about to lose my business and I'm about to lose my house. Yikes. And I said, my gosh, yeah. Hey, let's build you a website. Let's, yeah. let's get this going. And that was, uh, that was 10 or 12 years ago and things, Marketing back then was a whole lot easier than it is now. We built him a website and within a month he was at the top of Google for his city. Um, and about two, two months after that, uh, I got another knock on the door kind of late at night and I open it up and there's my buddy just bawling. And I said, oh my Same gosh. Day. Yeah, mm -hmm. and here I thought it didn't work. He yeah, locked right. the what, house, right? On, right? It got foreclosed. Uh, and he said, hey, I just, I just wanted to thank you. Whatever you did, it's, my business is, has improved substantially. Um, we're not going to lose our house anymore. My business is safe. My marriage is in a better place. Yeah. And he shook my hand and gave me a hundred dollar bill. Oh, that's great. It was great. And I, I looked at that and thought, ah, I, I, I could get used to this feeling. I love this. I love the impact that marketing can have, whether it's getting people reviews or building their website or getting them more social media awareness. That's what I like. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy working with the big fortune 500s. It's fun because there's big budgets. There's a lot yeah, of fun right. strategy. You can be really creative. Yes, you can. But I really enjoy the local business. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the impact that it can have, the positive impact that it can have on lives. I enjoy being able to talk with other entrepreneurs and business owners. That's what I'm passionate about. And so what does the future look like? The future for me looks like how many really positive experiences like that can we as an organization help create? Mm -hmm. Then on the other side, it's uh, we, we can do that for our employees as well. So we just had a young lady that was going to college that worked for us for a year 
And ultimately, she, we all love Rexburg, but it's not for everybody. Not everybody enjoys seven months of winter, right? right exactly. Weird, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the so, town shutting down in August. Uh, that's true. Yes. Totally uh -huh. shutting down. Um, so we had, we had this young lady on for a year. We taught her some great things, and then she got a great job somewhere else. And that's the equivalent for me on the employee side of what mm -hmm. I just talked about with my friend. If we can help improve some, somebody and exactly. then give them opportunity. That's that's what I'm here for. If yeah. we the core value here is can we provide freedom and flexibility for for us, for our employees and also for our clients. That's why we built it. So then let's talk about that a little bit and the local economy. I mean, this type of a business doesn't have to just be local. You could be serving people all across the nation. Do you Correct. still have clients in Utah? We do. We have clients in Utah. We have clients across the nation. We uh -huh. The thing about what we do is we can do it from any, from anywhere. Right. Um, however, there's just something magic about that face-to-face -face contact. Mm -hmm. um, we we work with doctors, dentists, you name it, uh, from Idaho Falls to Rexburg, and we work with a lot of them. Um, and I love being able to to meet with those clients face to face. Mm -hmm. um, there's just something magic about that. I like being able to see the whites of their eyes. Do you? Does this type of business have much competition? And you obviously have to name who that is. But are there many yeah. individuals like you? Yeah. And this is this is going to sound horrible, but it's a huge frustration for us. Any knucklehead with a computer can say they know online marketing. Yeah. They can come and tell you. They can sit down in front of you and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm the best at social media. I'm the best at SEO or pay per click advertising." And that is the biggest issue for our industry is any knucklehead with a computer can say they do it. Uh -huh. And most, if not all of the clients that we work with have been burned by somebody saying that they do, you know, quote unquote, online marketing and they've been burned by them. And so the hardest thing for me when we come in and talk to a new client is they say, John, I've tried that seven times. Why should I try it the eighth? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the answer is, well, I, I'm sorry you've been burned by somebody that didn't really understand how it all works, didn't yeah, understand give the us impact. A chance. And that's what it is. It's give us a chance. And, and frankly, sometimes we're, we're even saying, look, we'll do for the first month for free. Just We just want to build that trust because five years from now, I'd love to have a conversation on a beach sometime with you yeah, right. about how that impacted your business. Um, but that's, that is our biggest obstacle is we have people that have had just bad, bad experiences. Yeah. Well, and I think I've, as a small business, Business, uh, I'm not sure, uh, and I don't mean to speak for everybody, but I'm not sure that we really understand or invest enough in marketing, mm -hmm. that we make it a, a significant enough part, portion of our budget. Mm -hmm. What is it supposed to be, 30%? Yeah. You know, it's really different depending on the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so some of our clients are in higher education, and in that, in that space, it's closer to 40, 45%. Uh -huh. uh, for some local businesses, if they've got, it, there's a lot of moving pieces there. You've got a fantastic location right, right here on one of the main roads in Rexburg. Because of that, your marketing budget could probably be a little bit less. Mm -hmm. You've also been, you know, your three generation uh, owners here. You could probably spend a little bit less because mm -hmm. you've got that history. We have this foundation. Exactly. Others, if they're just starting out, you know, Rexburg is overrun with dentists. If you're a dentist starting in Rexburg, no, you need to spend 40, 45% of your budget towards <laughs> yeah. marketing because it's going to be tough to penetrate that yeah. market. Yeah, it's tough. I think we don't really appreciate, how, you know, but, um, you know, what do you see? I think a lot of us are scared for the newspapers of the world and, and traditional print. Mm -hmm. I mean, how long can they hang on? That's a good question. And I, um, again, kind of going back to this idea that digital marketers, we think we're so smart. We think that, you know, Google is is the way of the future, YouTube, social media, all these kinds of things. But again, I, I think we are missing the point or missing the boat if we say that some of those other mediums are dead. 
Um, we have clients that advertise in the newspaper. Yeah. And we do it because it still has an impact. We have a, um, a group here in Rexburg, actually, that advertises on the radio. And we help them with those radio advertisements because it shows we see that there is a lift. Now, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, we won't invest one of your dollars unless we can identify whether it has an impact or not, mm -hmm. good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so on the radio side, we work very hard to make sure that we can understand, okay, if we run radio spots, this is the anticipated impact. Um, and so do I think that those, are, are those mediums having a hard time right now? Absolutely. It is a bad time to be in the newspaper industry. We all understand that. But at the same time, newspaper has a place. It has a role. There are things where it's good at that maybe digital marketing isn't quite so mm -hmm. much. Whether it's, you know, appealing to a certain demographic or whatever, we understand that each one of those things has its place. Okay. And yeah. So we're, we're not so close-minded to say it's digital or nothing. Yeah. There's, so it sounds like we all have to work together and we yeah, do, do and what's the right thing for our business. Mm -hmm. And we need to be smart. We need to be strategic. And, and again, each one of those dollars or that time or those initiatives, those campaigns, they all need to be accountable. And newspaper and radio aren't any different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm not sure that you gave me advice as a business owner. What advice would you give me um, if I was looking to start a business? If you're looking to start a new business, the advice that I'd give you is do it right now. That's what <laughs> I, would, it. I would say do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, too many times we him and haw and we say, oh my goodness, is it the right time? Is it not the right time? Is it the whatever? I'd, I'd say find a reason and just go for it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to quit your job, mm -hmm. right? Be smart about it. Yeah. But do it. Start doing something today. Start reading books today. Start reading blogs today. Start getting educated. Uh, it, it's so silly to me. I mean, when I was getting my bachelor's degree, uh, everything was, uh, I had to take some accounting classes. Well, I, I learned enough in those accounting classes to get the grade that I needed and then I got out. Sure. Well, right now, I need some more accounting classes, <laughs> right? And that's, it's those kinds of things, but it's, it's get educated, but more than anything, just take that just first step it. and do it. Just jump in, go I, for it. I cannot tell you how many guests that I have had on this show that have said that exact thing. Yeah. I think we uh, get so caught up in our self-doubt and fear mm -hmm. and the things we already talked about. Mm -hmm. that we don't make that move. Yep. Um, so great advice. Uh, let's all do it. Just go. Let's all do Get her done. <laughs> all right, John. Hey, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners today? I, I think that's it. I appreciate We've the time. We've covered a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So how do they hire you if they want to use your business? They can They can look us up online. Valera Interactive is our digital marketing agency. Uh, they can also look up reviewlift.com and there we can help them with their, their reviews or they can look me up on LinkedIn, John Seal. Okay. And we will put those, all, I will put those on the show notes on the website so that there's a quick link for that them to be great. able to get that. All right. Thank you, John, for sharing your story with us today. So much of what you shared will uh, resonate with many of us in business. And thank you for teaching us about marketing and Google and all of the things that we need to learn. And Happy to. Um, thank you for your leadership. I, it's great that we have your service in East Idaho, and I look forward to seeing what you'll accomplish and also watching your businesses continue to grow. All right. Thanks. Um, as a reminder, Oswald Service is the sponsor for East Idaho entrepreneurs. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, look no further than Oswald Service in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. Our family looks forward to taking care of your family. Now stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you for joining me for the Business Leadership Moment. This section is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November, and they also have a sister event called RiseX, which is a monthly executive networking event. 
Both are so fantastic, and we are gearing up to their November event. So I highly recommend that you check it out. I think that they're going to actually start ticket sales maybe uh, this month, which is August. So I really would love to see you there. I promise it will be worth every single minute that you spend there. If you're interested in more information, you can find that at www.idahoricon.com and RISE is spelled with a Z. Okay, so today I wanted to talk to you guys about something. Recently, the last week or so, I have found myself quoting a favorite insight from Brene Brown on several occasions. And if you aren't familiar with Brene Brown, she did a very famous TED Talk on vulnerability. She's got a little special out on Netflix right now. I highly recommend that you check it out. But she's published several books and she um, has been a researcher around vulnerability. And so vulnerability and shame. So she said most people avoid talking to her because nobody wants to talk about those things. But wow, it's so powerful. And one of the things that she explains in her teaching is that the most compassionate people are boundaries people. And I have said that frequently this week and last week to a few members of our team. And um, wonder if you even know what that means. What does that mean to you? So as a reminder, I work in the healthcare industry. I'm a nurse and I uh, work with other nurses. And as nurses, it's my job, it's other people's jobs to show compassion to others, especially when they're suffering and in their very most vulnerable times. Um, but I also see that as sometimes that is a bit of an occupational hazard for us because we get so wrapped up in giving ourselves to our patients that oftentimes we struggle with boundaries. And it isn't just with our patients. We end up doing that in our relationships and in other places because that's what our job is, is to have compassion and to help others and to help them overcome their challenges. Um, so many of, many of us feel that rescuing, fixing, and saving is exactly what we were designed to do. And we stand on the platform and proclaim that is what has made us good nurses. Um, but it is also something that really puts us in a situation where sometimes we can be taken advantage of. Um, there is certainly something to have compassion for others. It's not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have compassion, that nurses especially shouldn't have that. Um, we need to feel empathy for those that are struggling, and obviously we need to help where, where we can. Um, but that doesn't equate to not having boundaries. And I think oftentimes we believe sometimes in those situations that when we set boundaries, it's mean or it's selfish. When I, you know, I give you terms as to how I'm going to be able to help you. Um, but it actually is quite the opposite. It is absolutely not mean or selfish. It's quite the opposite. Setting boundaries allows for compassion and trust of another human being. Um, another thing that Brene Brown says is that uh, boundaries people, they assume that other people are doing the best they can, but they also ask for what they need and they don't put up with a lot of crap. Compassionate people ask for what they need. They say no when they need to, and when they say yes, they mean it. Oh, that's so key. Uh, she goes on to say they're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. 
us. I hope that that really means something to you. How often have you helped someone or cut them some slack only to resent them for it when they take advantage of that kindness or that understanding or whatever? Um, If you really think about that, that is not compassion. Um, And so when a compassionate person sets boundaries, when they say yes, they mean it, right? Because they, they've set, they've been very, very clear around the boundaries that they've set. And when they say that yes to you, they absolutely mean it. And it won't come with that resentment because we all understand what boundaries we're working with him. Um, like I said, compassionate people set boundaries so they have made clear what's okay and what's not okay for them. And most of us look at that as understanding the rules of which we can play within our relationship with them. And interactions and communications take place within those boundaries, and most often expectations are met. And, you know, I've talked to you about that before. Remember, the source of all upset is a missed expectation. And I'm going to repeat that. The source of all upset, anytime I'm mad, anytime I've been upset, it's been because of a missed expectation. So if I make perfectly clear what our boundaries and expectations are, um, then there's nothing to left to be guessed about. And that's it. And again, like I've talked about before, it's just funny how all of this comes around. The key to all happiness in my world and your world should be clarity. The more we can get clear, the more we can set boundaries, the more we can just be honest and quit holding back. And like Brene Brown says, armoring up. Let's just be vulnerable with each other. And um, most of the time, it's going to work out really good. And when it doesn't, we learn, right? So next time you worry about coming off as mean, because you're being clear with what you will and will not tolerate, realize you are actually giving others a gift. And it's a great sign that you really are a very compassionate person. So I wish you all the best this week in setting your boundaries. And have a great week, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.